Hello there and a very warm welcome to Des's Island Discs. In a hectic world, this is a little oasis of calm and nostalgia from our guests who choose pieces of music that remind them of a particular time or story from their life or career. Now, if you're listening on podcast, we cannot play the music because of copyright laws. But really, this is about stories. So let's hear them. Des's Island Discs on RTE Radio 1. Hello there and a very warm welcome to Des's Island Discs. My name is Des Cahill and today my guests will choose pieces of music that remind them of a particular time or story from their life. Now today's guest really doesn't need an introduction. He's one of Ireland's greatest and certainly most popular sportsmen, one of the great players in Irish football history. It's a pleasure to welcome Paul McGrath. Paul, I know you hate you know, big build-ups and all that, but and you're not comfortable talking about it, but you're still one of the most loved people in, in Irish sport, even after 20 years. Do you still feel that when you meet people? Oh, I do, Des, but, you know, uh, when I go out places and stuff like that, people still come up and ask for the odd photo and thing like things like that. So it's great for me, you yeah. know, so... And it, to be this long after my career, I think it's, it, it's uh, you know, I'm honoured to still have people come up. A lot of people, yeah. I know you'd be humble about it. You're in Wexford now for quite a while. How You're, you're kind of, ha- you're half a Wexford man now at this stage. Um, adopted, yeah. Adopted <laughs> by, <laughs> by the people down here. And they've put up with me for so long. But I've loved it down here as well, mm. you know. I mean, obviously I love Dublin as well, but... Um, I'm a bit of a Wexford man as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. You're, you're starting to follow the hurling team and everything, I've noticed. Oh, of course, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I get down there so, every so often and stuff like that. You know, it's it's it's, it's great game. Mm. And uh, I, love the, I love the sport that they, they have down here, the facilities that they have. So it's it's great. And in terms of, of football, say, the club scene in England, do you still follow it closely? Oh, I would, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I love the football on TV. That's one thing that I'm missing so much at the moment. Uh that the, 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 I know there's some old matches on and stuff like that, but I I, I love the football, the the pace of the football now, yeah. And and I'm missing it something fair since the uh, since the lockdown. Yeah. Well, we'll we'll chat about that presently. I mean, with all the, with all of the replays of old matches, you're you're on the telly more now than when you were playing back then. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've I've seen myself once or twice, and I'm not I wasn't so impressed. <laughs> well, you know, as I would have been back in the the days when I was playing, but. Um, yeah, it, it, it's changed an awful lot. It's got a lot faster and stuff. And so when you watch it, I was watching a game the other night and I was thinking every time I touched the ball, it seemed to go, go through me or go under my legs or whatever. Was that the Ireland-England game in Italia 90 or what game was it? Um, I think it was actually, yeah. yeah I think it was yeah. the, fir- <laughs> the first game. And uh, yeah, but I mean, we came out of it with a draw so we were, we were blessed Yeah well, we'll chat about the football presently but your musical choices and the first one uh, you've chosen is you 2 and, and they're big Paul McGrath fans as well aren't they? Um, I think it it, it kind of works more their way than my way <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're, they're big Ireland fans actually yeah. they, they, they used to meet with the lads at, uh, at certain matches and stuff like that and we'd go to their concerts and stuff we, we'd, we'd ask them for tickets to the concerts and stuff like that so they we did get a relationship built up over the years with with them at that time because they liked the football and we loved we loved what they were doing so yeah. and uh, you know it was just amazing to to be be part of that scene you know and 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 we're roughly roughly the same age so uh it was easy it was easy to like the lads actually yeah because a lot of people have said that paul haven't they that 
the success, say, Stuttgart, Euro 88 and then Italian 90 and the confidence it gave Irish people. At the same time, as you say, age-wise, you too were becoming international hits and it gave Irish people the mixture of sport and music. Young Irish people got great confidence in, in themselves and in being Irish. Well, exactly that, Des. I think the amazing thing for, for us was that, that the sport came with the music. I think the music was always there. Everyone knew that Irish people sung songs and, and you know, ballads and stuff like that. But I think you two just took the, the, the rock world by storm. Yeah. And I think um, it was, you know, it was just amazing at that time then, Jack, an Englishman comes over here and, and changes the face of uh, the face of Irish uh, soccer as as well. Jack Jack stepped into the into the breach and uh, and we and we actually just started winning a couple of games and especially I think the the, the game in Stuttgart. And Jack, Jack and you, you had a close relationship because you, you pushed his patience once or twice. <laughs> <laughs> um, once or twice. <laughs> quite, a, quite a number of times. But he was, he was, I have to say, Des, he was absolutely uh, brilliant with me that he gave me the second, third and fourth chance probably to play for the team. But um, he, he, he was just a great, uh, he was like a mentor or father figure to me. So it was, it was brilliant. OK, so which U2 track are we going to go with? Well, the one I, I, I went with, where uh, where the streets have no name, I, I, I've always loved that song, and uh, you know, I just I just think it's it it was it was a brilliant uh, video and stuff like that, and it just uh, spoke volumes of how good the lads were going to be. Des's Island Discs on RTE Radio One. That's you two, and where the streets have no name, the choice of today's guest, Paul McGrath, and. <laughs> In, in talking about your football career, not so much in England where obviously you had huge success, but with Ireland. So there was Euro 88, the first time Ireland ever qualified for a major championship. Then Italian 90 followed quickly and then USA 94 was an extraordinary time and meant so much. And in your second choice, Christy Moore comes into play here. Yeah, I think um, from from the success we had at, at the, the Euros, I think Christy... Uh, Christy did a song called uh, Jocks, are, "Jocks Are Goes to Stuttgart," <laughs> which which is a hilarious song. Yeah. And 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 I've known Christy for for a number of years before that. So before we even went, he came over to watch my my son Jordan play his first football game when he was staying with us over in in, in Manchester. And he he just became such a great friend over the over the years. And he he's someone that I loved even before. Uh, I went. I went out to live in Crumlin for a while with my mum, and, and uh, Christy lived out that way. And we just—I I was just amazed to see him walking along the road. I said, "That's hang on, that's Christy Moore walking past me there." And I wasn't—I wasn't—you uh, know—I was playing with Dorky at the time, I yeah. think. And I just—I was just amazed to see him strolling around like he did. Can you remember where you first met him? Yeah, it, we used to have a baths in, in, in or sorry, <laughs> don't get this wrong. We used to have a swimming area in Crumlin and uh, he was just coming out of the, the, the sw- swimming pool yeah. and uh, I was just going around to the shopping centre. So I just walked past him and I, I thought, wow, that's Christy Moore. So, <laughs> and we, and from that we became good friends when when um obviously when I when I went off to Manchester United and stuff like that and I I re- you know I became a little bit known and stuff like that we we I, I got brave enough to ask for a couple of tickets I think one night to to a gig of his his gigs are amazing aren't they because on the one hand as you say Jackson goes to Stuttgart is so funny and yet at the same time 
it captures the whole mood of all the lads heading off in the van and having oh. the crack. And, oh, and that, and that's what it was like. I think everyone was just having so much fun at the time. And, and the belief came in, in what happened in Stuttgart, in, in winning that one game. I think everyone suddenly started believing that, you know, Jeannie, we can actually do... Irish people are, are on the same level here and we're, you know, so... Uh, and and Chris, only Chrissy could cut this put the spin on it that he did, like with with the the, the young one turning up in Bally. I think it was Bally, right, Bally, Bally Fairman. Bally, Fer, Bally yeah. Fairman, sorry, yeah. the Fraulein, Yeah, but but of the, of that, so it was totally unexpected when we beat England that time in Stuttgart, and then obviously we did very well in that tournament, and we went to Italian ninety, respected a bit more. But for you, which was the best tournament? Was it Euro eighty eight, Italian ninety, or ninety oh. four? To be honest, Des, I'd have to say um, 1990 because I, I think we went we went a little bit further in that competition, and I think being being one of the eight um, last competitors in the in the field, yeah. you know, it was it was just and, and it was in Italy and it was um, playing against the Italians, and it it just made it perfect for us, and I think a lot of us could have kicked on a little bit more but we didn't on, on the night but uh, definitely 1990 was the, the tops for me yeah. and Dave O'Leary Dave O'Leary's penalty the most un- unexpected man to hit a penalty and scoring that goal yeah. what, what are your memories of that uh, because Jack didn't call out who would take the penalty sure he didn't for that shootout yeah cowardice is the word <laughs> I'd use because I just I just turned around and I sat there with my you know I just sat down with my back to everyone and I was just saying please don't even look at me don't 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 look this way because I I knew I was I was so nervous about getting to the stage we'd got because I thought Hadji who was on their side was, that was the Romanian superstar yeah oh he was just he was just hard, a hard man to control and <laughs> And uh, he, he just, every time he got the ball, he'd just keep running at us and shooting from everywhere. Packy was unbelievable that day. Yeah. And it was, it was, it was uh, I just did not want to let, let the whole country down because we were on this kind of roller coaster kind of thing. And then, you know, I, I honestly just didn't want to, I never wanted to walk up and take a penalty, as simple as that. But when you realised Dave O'Leary was taking one, how surprised were you? But I'd seen him. I'd seen Dave take a few against Quinny in, in training, and I knew I knew that he he, he had the confidence. Dave had got the confidence because you know we used to sit together and have meals together, and Dave uh, he was a confident young man, you know. So I thought, but I but I was surprised that he was going to take the next one. I thought I thought no, maybe Dave. There's a couple of people ahead of you that should be taking this one. <laughs> But rem- it was great. It was great to have him take it though, and then stick it away. Yeah, you're reminding me. I mean, it was very different then. Now the media can aren't in the training sessions. Back then, we were obviously in. There was no problem with Jack, and we were in at all the training sessions. But when you mentioned he took penalties on Quinny, some people might wonder. But, but Packy was the goalkeeper. But Niall Quinn used to go and goal at the end of every session, virtually with bets on penalties, didn't he? Trying to try earn a bit more money <laughs> is what <laughs> Quinny was up to. Uh, no, Niall was brilliant. He, obviously, he played Gaelic, and and, and he, Niall's brilliant at every sport, as as, as we know. But uh, yeah, he'd go in goal, and if you scored three, I think you got uh, a t- he, he got a tenner. And if you if you, um, I, I don't know which way it worked. He, he made more money certainly than everyone else, didn't he? On, honestly, he came back from Italy <laughs> loaded. To be fair, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> brilliant, brilliant crack. And then just before we go into the the Christy Moore song, which really encompasses 
the fans and, and what they meant. I mean, it, it, it wasn't it extraordinary the lengths people went to financially to get to the yeah, tournament. Yeah, and, and, and that's what, uh, I think that's what the lads, uh, the, the, I don't know, 23 of us or whatever it was that went out there and plus the staff and that. That's what we loved so much that so many Irish people were sacrificing things back here to back us and to, to get behind us and stuff like that. And I think the England game uh, set that alight as well. Uh, by more people coming out and more people doing that. But I think uh, it, the way Jack handled it as well, I think, uh, um, you know, by letting a certain amount of people into the... I mean, we had the police around us all the time, or the... I, I don't know what they're called, actually, in Germany. <laughs> but but they, they, they actually used to let so many of the supporters in with us after the game, and, and they were allowed to have a couple of pints with us. And we, we mixed with the supporters. We weren't... Like like some of the camps that just uh, couldn't mix with their with their own support. So and Jack Jack made that possible. Yeah, in a way, it was a bit mad, but it made it very special too, didn't it? Yeah, and it kept us connected with with everything that was going on. Like just like I said, it was it was only two or three pints that you were allowed uh, after the game and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But it, it for, for the supporters, I think it really meant a lot you know what I mean and there was a few fiddles and stuff and you know the way it goes the sing song starts and and, and uh, then we were marched off to bed and they, they continued it sometimes and so it was great mm. I still have a cassette tape of the sing song in the hotel in Stuttgart the night you beat England which is you do? Uh, yeah I do <laughs> seriously I don't know how impressed people would be but I must I must dig it out <laughs> anyway to capture all of those moments Paul McGrath and the fans travelling and the and, the innocence probably of, of 98. Here's Christy Moore and Joxo goes to Stuttgart. Des's Island Discs on RTE Radio 1. That's the great Christy Moore and Joxer goes to Stuttgart, the choice of today's guest, Paul McGrath. Paul, in, in your time with Ireland, obviously you came up against so many quality players and obviously with Manchester United and Aston Villa as well. Who, who were the best players you played against? Um, ba- Baggio uh, um, in 90 I thought was uh, one of the most outstanding and uh, 94 mm-hmm. he, he was a very hard man to. but uh, Haji would be up there <laughs> the Romanian yeah yeah the Romanian Haji would be definitely up there and um, you know there was there was so many other good good players the Loudrup brothers I think were, were brilliant players as, as, as well yeah that, that I managed to play against and at, at Man United and Villa in the in England, who were who were the best strikers you came up against? I I played against um, Gary Lineker quite quite a few times, and he used to always score against me. I think when he was playing for Everton, mm-hmm. he scored quite a number of goals against me. Um, Andy Gray would have been one. Um, you know, there was there was people like that 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 always gave me a few problems. You know, I enjoyed I enjoyed the tussle of playing against those those kind of players. You know, um, a lot of people always associate you, you know, with Pomegranate, you know, Manchester United and Ireland. But but you were you were adored at Aston Villa, and I think you loved Aston Villa as well, did you? Yeah, um, I, I I think it's because the way I was I was let go from Manchester United and stuff like that because I asked for wages that would be comparable with with uh, some of the top players that were at United. So. Because I, I was on very low wages and stuff like mm-hmm. that, so I went into Sir Alex and I asked for probably a little bit more in 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 my wage packet. And uh, but I never asked to leave Manchester United. I loved I loved it when I was there. But yeah. when I went to Aston Villa, um, they immediately were you very hurt my, by that? I I was I think Des yeah mm-hmm. I was because I was told I I was given orders <laughs> that I wasn't allowed to talk to the press. 
and yet there was articles coming out in the press saying what I'd done or, or what, who had asked for, or I want, saying that, that I wanted to leave the club. Mm-hmm. And I never, I'd, I'd never said that. I'd never said it once. So that, that, that kind of stung me. But then, you know, we, myself and Sir Alex anyway, um, made up years later and, and, and he, he's been nothing but good to me since I've even since I finished football. So mm-hmm. I've, I've no, I've no bitterness there and like that, but I, it was cause I'd asked for a rise and, and I'm not, to leave the club. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you mentioned earlier when we were talking about um, Irish people singing and, you know, ballads, etc. You, you, you recorded a song for charity. You recorded an album, I think it was, about 10 years ago. But John Creedon referred to it recently on social media and you singing this ballad was all over social media in recent weeks. And I, I don't know if you get embarrassed about it. I think it is so powerful and, and emotional uh, it's the contender. It's about Jack Doyle, the gorgeous Gale, who's a very famous, successful boxer, singer, actor. Um, tell us the background to how you you, sang, you came to sing that. Um, well, I was asked to do do an, an album for Cystic Fibrosis because I, I I stupidly said that I was actually able to sing a song. Ah, oh, you are. And so, and so once I'd meant, once I boasted that, probably after a couple of pints, <laughs> um, someone said, "Well, okay, we've got a studio and stuff like that. So come down and do this." And and once you get, once you you hear of the, um, you know, the charity, you say to yourself, "Well, can I do it?" Or you know, so I went down, and that was one song that I, I'd always loved. At you know, and. It was a man that I thought a lot about as well because I'd, I'd been down there years before to, to uh, a hotel down in Cove to to, to actually um, see 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 his picture on the wall and stuff like that. So it was an amazing sort of uh, thing for me to hear how he'd how he'd kind of um, you know um, he let it all go. He lost it all basically, he, didn't he? So, yeah, but people still like you're having ballads still sung about him. So he he was a, he was one of the greatest sportsmen this country's ever produced. But then it's, it's when the sport finishes and stuff like that. So I I find it a very soulful song. So that's why I asked, could I could I do that song? So oh, totally, and I I, I totally agree with you. And just for people who may not know who he is, so he was six foot five Irishman. He had ninety thousand came to watch him fight once in London's White City. I read he was making six hundred pounds a week as a singer in the thirties. He married Movita, a fabulous, beautiful Mexican film star who later married Marilyn Brando. They were this hugely popular couple, but but the drink kind of got to him as well, didn't it? And that, which is in the song. Yeah, and I think that's where where I, you know, did you identify I, I, with that? Well, exactly, exactly, Des. Yeah, I kind of went off. Uh, drinking and stuff like that and making a fool of myself here, there and everywhere throughout my career. And um I, I just I just felt a connection with that with with that man. I just thought, you know, I don't want to end up <laughs> that way, but mm. but um you know I found it difficult to stop drinking and and, and uh and I just thought he, he, he you know he had such an amazing life and stuff like that. Yet yet he couldn't he couldn't uh, seem to put the the alcohol down. That's Paul probably why you sing it with such soul. But I really love the emotion oh, of it. Yeah, that's nice you to say, Des. Des's Island Discs on RTE Radio One. That's Paul McGrath singing the contender there. Uh, anyway, we I think it's a beautiful song and and and. He he represents it so well. We're going to finish, Paul, in terms of choosing music uh, 
with a much more upbeat song and there's a nice story behind it Bill Withers oh yeah well that's that's um, I, I loved that song the first time I heard that song I, I just loved it and my children when I was driving at the school we used to always ha- uh, put that song on and, and see who lovely could hang day. on to the lovely day yeah. sorry and, and hang on to the uh, that you've got to hold your breath for quite a long time when you're, or not hold your breath, but actually try and get hit certain notes for quite a long time. And my, my kids found it hilarious <laughs> when we were all in the car and we'd all try and sing the, the long notes together. But, uh, you know, it just reminds me of, 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 of days driving the kids to school and having such a laugh in the car trying to do that. So, and, and it's a song I love uh, dearly as well. Yeah, it's a lovely memory. And, and there's, there's grandchildren now, is there, Paul? Yeah, I've got uh, grandchildren now. I've got, I think, five grandchildren. Wow. So uh, you know, so I'm I'm doing really well on the, on on that that side of things. And they're they're all beautiful kids. I don't know, um, you know, coming from, from my the genes, I don't know where where they got that from. But they're <laughs> they're 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 actually really healthy, great kids. And and uh, you know, they make me proud. And they mean a lot to you. I know that. Yeah, an awful lot. Yeah. 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 Well, well, it's great. Um, you, you've had a fantastic life. And so what are you working on now sports-wise, your golf handicap? Um, definitely, yeah. That, that'd that be the main thing that needs, <laughs> that's always needed working on, though. It never gets to where you want it to be. Good. Well, listen, may you have many, a happy game of golf and may, the, may your handicap continue to tumble, <laughs> Paul. It's lovely chatting with you. And it's great. Yeah. It's great hearing from you. Thanks so much, Des. Lovely talking to you again as well. Thank you. We're going to play out with Bill Withers and Lovely Day, the final choice of Paul McGrath. Des's Island Discs on RTE Radio 1.